So um, I think we can start with just like, who is Jaylene? Uh, how did you get into digital marketing? Um, how did you get to where you are right now? Okay, cool. Hey, everyone. Um, happy new month. I am Jaylene, the founder and owner of a creative digital marketing agency called House of Intelligence, aka HOI. So we specialize in social media management, content marketing, content creation, specifically product slash service shoots and graphic designs. Last but not least, we also do website development. Our services are mainly targeted at assisting SMMEs and hopefully by next year, you know, we can branch into the bigger corporations and land those contracts. So we, we're three months old, not that into business for that long. But before then, I was a freelance social media manager. I was also dabbling into the digital marketing space, right? And I also specialized in social media management and brand strategy at the time. Yeah, that's great. Um, I think the, the one thing that you didn't mention is that you almost became a business analyst, though. About that. <laughs> you know, sometimes life just chooses your path for you. As much as we plan, you know, um, life happens. The initial vision, right, when I got out of high school... Actually, while while in grade 12, you know, deciding on my career path, I'm like, okay, what's, what's going to make me money? Like, I know business and something in tech, that's going to stay forever. And, you know, I did my research and I'm like, okay, cool. What's the most uh, highest, like in the highest ending bracket is something along the lines of data analyst, business analyst. I'm like, okay, that sounds cool, man. You know, what's that? What's that? So, okay, I chose a course based on that, you know. And yeah, I went with it. First year varsity, second year varsity. Third year comes, you know, and it's, it's time to apply for these internships. And towards the end of the first semester, I kind of realized, you know, my course didn't cater for everything in the data analyst world. So I decided to, you know, to do some short courses, you know, the SQL, the business intelligence. Yeah, I dabbled in that a bit. And then I started applying for jobs. Like there was so many applications, actually. I finally landed a successful internship interview with PSG. When I went to the interview, you know, things went well, actually. But while I was sitting on the table and the men on the table like explaining to me what i'll be doing on a daily it just it just sank in like okay i don't want to do this because at the end of the day i felt like there's a creative element to me and she's gonna suffer she's not <laughs> she's gonna drown there will be no cre a creative is aspect in that job title and i actually got called back and that day i told my dad i'm like nah dude i don't want to do this for the rest of my life i don't know what i'm gonna do <laughs> I'll figure it out, but not this. And then, yeah, that's how marketing found me. Actually, during varsity, I was a makeup artist, uh, like as a side hustle. And during lockdown last year, I spent the time creating content from my makeup page. And that's how I actually fell in love with social media and marketing. You know, it got to a point where I hated waking up doing my makeup and shooting looks and I just like the fun of social media and learning and learning and what's it about and how to apply that and this and that so yeah that's how I got to where I am right now. 
I want to ask, parents tend to not understand the social media business and how it actually manifests into a career that can make a life and then create money for you and create a life for you. So do your parents um, really understand what you do? And was it was it a mission explaining to them what you do and how it's going to work out? So luckily, my parents are quite in tune with digital careers like my my mom loved the last season show and that's where she got her knowledge of oh okay he actually became a content creator and now he's a big youtube youtube star you know my parents are quite in tune with what's currently happening they still like till this day my when my mom tells when people ask her like why did your daughter study she's like i don't know something become something something like she doesn't get to get it <laughs> i always have to explain like the wording like they don't understand they don't they get the terminologies wrong but yeah. i think they do get the gist of it i think the reason they trusted me is because they know i'm never I've, i never was someone that would just sit and wait yeah. for things to come to me like I, I was always proactive it actually started irritating them it's like why do you always want to make money why is what's wrong with you like just chill <laughs> and i'm like no no so yeah they, they were very understanding and i think i was also very protective of my ideas because i didn't want to get shut down because um the reason i'm saying that is if they didn't understand it would be because of me and because I didn't explain to them for that exact reason. You know, I wanted to protect my ideas because, yeah. you know, sometimes parents would shut you down or the, your family members. They do. And <laughs> exactly. So I kept yeah. it to myself for a very long time. Like, they, I think two weeks before I launched, I told them and I, I'm like, okay, guys, aren't you going to like make a party for me? I'm launching. And they're like, we don't even know what your business is about. <laughs> and then I told them. <laughs> so I wanted to ask Jaylene, um, for someone who doesn't know what digital marketing is, um, what digital marketers do, how would you describe that to them? In the intro, I said that digital marketing is a whole entire department that exists within startups, that exists within SaaS. How would you describe digital marketing to like specifically someone who's starting out with building their app, building their platform basically like building their digital products um how do you explain uh digital marketing how is it different from traditional marketing um i think we we kind of overhyped digital marketing in a way you know it's really no different from its 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 core meaning you know that it refers to the the efforts and processes used to promote your service or product offering and the features thereof to the target audience you know in essence it's, it's that's the marketing the only thing that changed is the platforms you know and how you maneuver around the audience you know audience audience needs has changed the platforms has changed how how we sell is no longer just shove it in a customer's face no we have to listen to the audience now it's either that or your your, your content and your product is getting left behind and that's essentially how I would uh, explain it. You know, it's still still tradition. I mean, marketing at, at at its core, but how I would say that with the fundamental differences is, digital marketing is quite cost effective. You know, uh, whereas traditional marketing, if it's had to be paid ads on television, it had to be billboards. Yes, the based media, paper based media. You always had to take money out for that type of marketing you know and digital marketing is it's in the palm of your hands you know it's, it's as simple as 
creating profile putting your product out there and letting the 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 rest flow it's obviously deeper than that you know but the basic is that it's still marketing just different platform different needs and i think like one thing that i would add is like different connection to your customer so your relationship with your customer is no longer so distant it's actually very connected nowadays um i think before we get into the actual episode instead of social media highlights this week what i wanted to do was talk about african startups that we've seen and learned from in terms of them marketing a digital product so like just go through three maybe companies three startups that we've seen that are doing marketing in the digital environments quite well so buddy do you want to start <laughs> yes i'm going to start with your favorite brand um i think what for me the brand that has been doing the most when it comes to campaigns that work and that have a clear concise message that just grabs the people's attention is yoko and they had um, recently a campaign which was hashtag rise the underdog their campaigns are always so well thought out you can see it in the way that it just makes sense you know previously they did and that's our why and it got people talking and it got people engaging and kind of i think for me it got me to actually flesh out why i do certain things like you know flesh out the reasoning behind what i'm building and putting out to people and that's i think sometimes that's a step i personally skip when it comes to formulating ideas on what to put out when it comes to content when it comes to things that i build on the side with software so i think it kind of got to a point where i was actually like okay this is such an important step that i cannot miss just to to actually flesh out why i'm doing a certain thing and how it's going to help the next person so yeah i really love yoko when it comes to how they position their brand and i'm 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 really excited for what the, the campaigns that they are about to do in the future because they are always so concise and well thought out wow i'm literally smiling right now you have no idea how much <laughs> yes. i love what you just said like <laughs> No idea. I I absolutely love what you just said. I think you and I had the 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 talk of like, um, why the whole why thing, you know? Because yes. even with me, that campaign brought me back to my why. Like, you know, I was asking myself, Ugusi, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? And I I don't know. I don't know if we we were talking about it. I don't remember. But we did speak about just like the core of why we do what we do, whether it's the podcast, content, whatever. Like it even brought us back to like we can even take time thinking about things because we need to always put the why first. And I think it's just so powerful when a brand, a fintech brand inspires you to get back to your why. My brand is actually Welo. So Wello is a health tech company providing health services. And the reason why I look up to them and I take lessons from them is because they have a really people-first approach, right? I've never been to their website. I've only ever seen Wello through Twitter. But just to research for this specific episode, I went to their website and 
the first thing I saw on their website is the use of the phrase at home. They talk a lot about at home. So they describe their services as at home care, at home delivery. They use the word at home a lot. And that just says it all for me, like through the the use of the words, through their social media presence, they are able to really have a people first approach. And that's very important for the service that they do. They deliver medicine, they deliver health care in townships in Gauteng, right? They they deliver something that's very, very personal to people. Um, they have nurses go into people's homes to provide a service. And the one thing that I've learned is that sometimes the tech creates a barrier where the people that you're serving don't trust you, right? But in their instance, they've been able to really like get people to trust them because they have an at-home approach. Um, their approach is filled with Ubuntu first. They don't prioritize the tech and the fancy stuff. They talk to people like they would talk to anyone that you're trying to serve. So even with their founder, uh, Sisi, she she has a very people first approach. Like she's not building the 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 products because she's trying to be the next startup you know she's building a product because she wants to improve healthcare in the continent so that's the thing that i I, i've really learned from from them that shop they selling convenience shop they're selling a service but they're doing it because they care for people first so like you can see it on their website you can see it through how they advertise their posts. You can see you if, even through their posts. You're like, so passionate. <laughs> <laughs> the job <laughs> applications that they advertise, they actually tell you that we need you to know how to speak to people. They don't care that you have a nursing degree. No, they just need you to know how to speak to people. So that's like genuinely like brought me back to knowing your market, know the people that you serve. So just a lesson yeah. there. So Jaylene, what would be your thing? What would be your brand? So I chose the e-commerce brand, a South African startup called Shop Red Robson, right? Simple. They sell clothes. But here's the difference. You know, if you go on the website and you click on a clothing item, uh, it ranges from extra small to extra large. But for every single size, there's a different model wearing the clothes, you know? How inclusive is that to each and every woman? I love that. I love that. It's clothes, guys. It's simply clothes. But that small element made her business so successful. You know, she thought about her target audience. It's not just one body type, you know. And I I literally support this business, you know. I'm, I'm talking from... Um, personal experience like it's such a nice feeling like okay cool this gene will look this way on my body that's so it's it's so inviting and I just want you know small business owners just to take that leap of faith and do a bit extra research like okay how can I just differentiate my product and make my customer feel a bit better so yeah. yes and that's, that's that's the business I chose it's called shop bread Robson. I think what I love about that anyone who knows me knows that um, inclusivity is my thing. I love it when brand go, when brands go the extra mile to include yes. 
um, all sorts of people from different backgrounds with different body types, um, different heights, different skin tones. You yes. know, I love it when brands go all out to actually um, cater for a different set of people because historically brands would cater for skinnier people, lighter people, be it clothing brands, be it makeup brands. Be yeah. it, Not even um, long ago. It's yeah. still like that brands. actually. It's really still like that. Yes. Yes, they have one like black and chubby model year and they especially <sighs> superbalist. We see you. Yeah, we see you. We see you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. I love it when brands go all out to be inclusive and represent everyone. That means a lot to me. And I am way more like um likely to put my money in that business when they show that they care about all people that would that they target. You know, they care about everyone that is going to be potentially wearing their clothes because you can't be selling an XL and not have a person who is showing what this XL will look like on a person who is an XL. You just can't do that, you know. So I love inclusivity. I love it. I love it. I love it. 100% agree. 100% agree. That makes so much sense, actually. You can't say you have an XL size, but you're not showing me how it's going to look like. Never, <gasps> I never so actually thought guys. about it's that. It's really... <laughs> especially e-commerce. You actually have to show it, guys. We can't fit on your clothes. Mm. It's the little things that honestly count. It makes such a huge difference to your shopping experience. So speaking about like makes, making the extra inputs, going further. So within digital marketing, we have various ways to do it. We have social media marketing. We have... SEO, we have mobile marketing, viral marketing, influencer marketing, electronic billboards. So in your experience, like where do businesses begin? Where does a founder who has built this amazing app, where do they begin? Like how do they start? You know, a lot of people have this dilemma of should I be the one who's in front of the brand doing the advertising, connecting to the people? Or should I build a whole entire separate brand that is totally outside of me, despite me being the one who founded uh, this app? Where does a small business or a startup founder begin with taking their product to the market that they are selling it to? Okay, before you, you know, choose, okay, no, I want to just be a business. No, I don't want to involve my personal brand. You have to understand, right? And a lot of businesses, I won't even say small businesses, a lot of businesses tend to forget that social media is not just a one-directional marketing stream, right? And that social media is exactly that. It's social. It's a conversation between the brand and the prospective clients, the followers, and the subscribers and it's a relationships and relationship and relationships are made up of real life emotions and you know it's about finding the common ground with your customer you have to understand that then you can kind of decide okay because i want to separate my personal brand from my business you know i'll kind of show up here and there in my business my business post you know I'll, I'll kind of be in my reels or i'll use my employees you know because the audience from what i've noticed from my personal accounts from my clients analytics the posts where they see people where they see real real people do more 
much more better than any other type of content, you know. So you have to show face, you know. Um, like I said, it can be in the form of your own face or your employees. And <laughs> trust me, the audience will know if it's stock, stock videos, right? For me, it's a decision you have to take, you know. It's like, okay, okay, either I'll show up here and there and do some real personal content every now and then. Or like, okay, cool, I'm going to use my personal brand to accelerate my marketing because I personally do think using your personal brand for marketing the right way does somehow accelerate your business. I'm talking from personal experience, but we have to take in factors such as, okay, guys, I have social anxiety. I don't want to be on this camera. I don't have to, I don't want to do this on social media. You know, I have such clients and, you know, you have to consider those their feelings if they really don't want to be on the camera you know and you have to make alternative um, means and sometimes those alternative methods is the reason why certain campaigns take longer or certain um, objectives take longer to materialize so essentially what i'm saying is showing up as a real human being with emotions is, is quite impactful and it really helps your brand I've also always wanted to know, like, um, where does the scope of your work end? Because people who work in social media, in my experience, from the people that I've met, they do quite a lot. For example, say you are working with a brand that is catching smoke in the media, for example. Do you dabble into the work of cleaning up their image and going into a bit of PR? Like, where does your the scope of your work end? Uh, it's, it's quite hard to say it ever ends because, um, first of all, the digital space is constantly evolving <laughs> on a daily basis and it's up to us to constantly adapt, you know, adapt our client strategies, adapt our client profiles and keep up to speed. And if the, the audience decide that, no, today we don't, from today on, we're done with email marketing. Then they're done, you know. We have to focus our efforts on something else, you know. We move with the customer. Um, The customer doesn't move with us anymore. So, it's... it's uh, I, I really don't say it would end. <laughs> and, and especially <laughs> all the, the terms under the digital marketing uh, scope. I think it's different when you're in a nine to five, you know, I think you get your designated set of responsibilities, but as a, um, you know, social media, freelance social media manager, you, you're forced to be familiar with everything. You know, the other day, um, a client asked me, hi, can you, can you do, can you perhaps, um, set up my e-commerce store? And my store in person, like actual store. And I'm like, no, I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> so, but yeah, besides the point, you know, it's like you have to have a bit of experience in everything. A bit of graphic design, a bit of copywriting experience, a bit of web development knowledge. And yeah, I think that can also also set you apart, you know, be your... VP at the end of the day, I think. Yeah. Um, but it's quite toxic. It's very toxic. It's so many roles, guys. It's, it's so hard to switch off because essentially you're basically the conceptualizer, you're the designer, and you're the marketer. And in real life, those three roles uh, consist of three different individuals. Mm -hmm. Now you're, you're Superman, you're Superwoman. It's, 
it's quite tough but yeah man till we can employ people and outsource you have to do it on your own for now yeah. i think i think it gets really toxic especially in the startup environments i'm, yeah. not, I'm yeah. not even yeah. gonna yeah. say i'm not even gonna be afraid to say this like it gets toxic because firstly social media is just really underrated the departments of digital marketing is just really under underrated especially totally get it yeah totally get it though budget i get 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 it 100 percent. but like people don't understand how complex um social media is imagine being the one being responsible for updating the content creating it posting it and then um coming back with analytics all that in one human being so I think it gets toxic because digital marketing is underrated. People don't invest in it. Like, I mean, companies don't invest in digital marketing. They don't invest in, like, building a proper team. They don't invest in um, upskilling the team as well. That's quite True. important. So I'm just an advocate for how great it is to work with social media. But at the same time, woo, it's not the most mentally healthy environment if we're keeping it 100. And the fact 100. that you can never be offline, that's that's the worst disadvantage to this. Like, I can never just be offline and it becomes an addiction at some point because now it's like, okay, everything, my work is based online. So, okay, you're chilling. You, now it's weekend and now you spend your time um consuming fun content on the same social media platforms like you on there 24 7 you know you said something about like um customers saying that oh, we're done with email marketing we just no longer respond to email marketing we just don't do that um and one of the questions that you had from instagram what was um what is your view on the influence of analytics in marketing? So sometimes you will see that analytics are saying, this is not working. And you choose to not listen to your customers or you actually do choose to listen to your customers. So like, how have you seen um, businesses use analytics to better their marketing strategies, to, me to better the, the way that they do um, connecting with their customers? Yeah, no, you have to you have to listen to your customers. But I always use the fifty fifty approach, right? And what I mean by that is okay, cool. I meet my customer halfway and they make the decision. Quick example. I put a question sticker up on Instagram. I'm like, Okay guys, new month, let's decide on content ideas. Okay, I look at the top performing post of last month. And I look at what I want to speak about personally as a business owner, right? So I'm like, okay, guys, what do you want to speak about? Do you want to speak about personal branding this month? Do you want to speak about marketing this month? Do you want to speak about digital branding this month? At the end of the day, they're all points of interest. Customers are going to feel empowered. that Okay, they actually made the choice on this topic. And that's how, how I go about analytics. You know, it's a different story with ads. So that's a whole other conversation. But... For, for the sake of content creation, you know, I always use that approach, you know, just asking your, your, your audience, okay, guys, what do you want to talk about? And leaving them blank. Um, you know, that, that tends to not get as much uh, traction and as versus giving them the options. What was the most difficult aspect when it came to starting your business? 
I launched in July, right? 2020, 2021 this year. And I actually got a Snapchat memory, like I think a three, four, five days before I launched, right? And this was a there was a video of me sitting on the bed and I was basically telling myself in this video, I'm like, okay, cool. I am at a crossroads right now. I don't know what to do, but I have a good feeling about um, this marketing career and I don't exactly know what I want to do, but I want to do it. And then a year later, I, I came to realize, okay, I actually launched my business um, a year after that. But the journey to that, oh, guys, there was phases of doubt. There were phases of obsessive working. There were phases of, I don't want to do this anymore. There were phases of imposter syndrome, the worst, sure. <laughs> Um, there's yeah. so many different phases you go through and the anxiety to the launch and then uh, the, the need to want everything to be perfect. But I think at the end, just doing it at the right time, you know, it, there's something that tells you, like there's so many launch dates I had set up for myself. I wanted to launch in February. I wanted to launch on my birthday. I wanted to launch in May. And then literally only in July, things came together um, and... It came together in the most good. The uh, it's like it was quite overwhelming after the launch as well, but it came together. And what I wanna what I wanna say right is that you'll never have everything figured out until you're in it. I think what I love about what you um, one of the hardships that you've experienced, uh, what you said about that is is basically dabbling on imposter syndrome. Because it is one of the worst things that anyone who works in corporate, who is about to start their business, struggle with. I think for me, there was a point where I struggled with, I don't know how to explain this. You know, imposter syndrome. Yeah, imposter syndrome. Like, I hear people <laughs> talking about imposter syndrome and I'm like, no, maybe it's not imposter it's syndrome. Maybe to I'm it. just bad. You know, <laughs> maybe I'm just bad. It's not imposter syndrome. Like, you know, because I think... I, I thought that some people are good at what they do and then imposter syndrome like holds them back. But then I thought with me, it's like, no, maybe I'm just bad at what I do. So I didn't, I had imposter syndrome of claiming that I had imposter syndrome. And it's one of the worst things to ever exist for a person who's about to start their business, for a person who's about to start their career. I really commend you for, uh, I won't say getting over it, but I will say, um, forging ahead throughout all of that imposter syndrome, throughout all of that over-the-top perfectionism. Thank you, Mbali. Um, thank you so much. Like like you said, it's it's not that it's gone. It's just the voices. Once you once yeah. you defeat them bit by bit, they really start silencing. I think throughout this journey it's been very spiritual. You know, God has helped me through almost everything. I want to know, like, how do you manage to be consistent when it comes to social media? Not necessarily when it comes to clients' things, because, you know, those are things you have to do, like it's deadlines, it's, you know, that type of thing. But when it comes to your own um, business that you have to manage yourself, your own uh, personal brand on social media, how do you manage to be consistent uh, okay, I look at it in this way. I'm like, okay, how is a client going to trust me if I can't even stay consistent with my page? How will they trust me to be consistent with their page? How are they going to trust me if they can't see the content I produce for my company, you know? 
uh, as a yeah. small business. I don't have the budget to be producing ads and I don't have the connects for the big contracts for the tenders, you know. So yeah. I have to differentiate myself with my with my content and that drives the the motivation. And yeah. besides that, because I'm on social media 24-7, I'm like, okay, why wouldn't you be investing in your brand? And it was very hard to adjust to in the beginning. Yeah. Like the the two weeks after I launched I was so demotivated to do anything because technically I'm also a client now. Yeah. And I have to service my page and I have to do everything I do for my clients on my page. And I'm like, yo, I never expected <laughs> this. Because it's different, it's different to step out of the freelance and now you're a whole business entity and your face yeah. of the company and your personal brand. After a while, I kind of got used to it and... Now the next thing yeah. I'm like, okay, now I need to step up my personal branding side, my personal Instagram. And, you know, I had a whole photo yeah. shoot and now I had to throw my personal brand with my business, with my client yeah. profiles into the mix. Yeah. And that was all last month, actually. I started with it last month. Yeah. And on top of that, I started a 31-day challenge <laughs> on my personal page. I mean, on my business page, posting for 31 days every single day. Guys, I'm on day 29. I'm so happy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really commendable that you've stayed <gasps> consistent. You know, when I look at brands, right, and, and, and people that, are, that work on social media, in, in my head, before I got the information that I had and before I went about like um, doing some research on my own, I always thought, like, how hard can it be? Like one post a day, like how hard can that be? But once I actually got into the thing of trying it myself, I actually realized that, hey, actually, this is no child's play. This is very hard to do. Staying consistent is, is one of the hardest things that lead to the failure of many people when it comes to like staying relevant on social media. But also I want, this is, this is one of the most um, interesting things for me that I want to learn. What goes into putting together a campaign? Say a client wants you to, to do one, two, three for them and to grow their social media and to, you know, stay relevant on social media. Before I got into the like social media space, nah, the, I swear the yeah. word campaign overwhelmed me. I'm like, what is a campaign? <laughs> What is this thing? Like, I just keep seeing campaign objectives. And when I like go through CVs, campaign, I'm like, what is this? And then I like, you know, started doing it. I'm like, it's, it's no different from everyday content. But the only difference is, you know, there's, there's a different initiative and we have a specific set of outcomes. And yeah. monetarily, we want to invest more, you know, if, 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 if that's the case um so the same thing goes it's the i it's okay cool we want to launch our new product cool how yeah. are we gonna launch it it's the brainstorming session cool there's our ideas we eliminate the ideas cool there we start the for me you know it's different for everyone i like the visuals first so if it's a product if it's a product launch i would want to start with the mood board like what mood are we going yeah. and from the photos there i can go and see okay no we can do this we can do that let's go with this influencer let's no let's rather just 
um, use ads, no, let's use this camp, uh, this use this platform instead of that one. You know, it's all very dependent yeah. on the objectives, and obviously budget. Budget is yeah. very important. <laughs> you can't expect God's work with minimal budget. You know, I really loved how you okay. said that. Um, you you saw the word campaign, and you were like, oh, what is it? But you know, it, it actually isn't that overwhelming. I think it just goes back to the thing of like, what are we trying to push right now? How can we connect it back to yes. us and what we're doing <laughs> right now? So, for example, let's look at the thing that Kula Dude did for Women's Month. They just produced a series centered around like women, women in the agricultural space. Um, if you just look at that, like they're not advertising their products. They're not really saying that, hey, this is what our app actually does. All they're doing is that on Women's Month, they're highlighting women in the agriculture industry. They're in the agriculture industry. So it it just it's just small things like that. In that specific case, we would call that, or we would say that's content marketing, right? They yes, just it's such an using videos. Word. Yeah, you see, <laughs> they they use videos to just speak to the people that are in their community. In that instance, they were speaking about the various careers that women, um, women that work at Kula have, women that are farmers. You know, they were interviewing women. Just linking everything back to their values, linking everything back to the objectives that they have, just as a company, whatever mission that they have. So it, I I really think that maybe what is it? What is it that hypes campaigns up? Is it is it Twitter and influencer marketing? It's the rush. Nowadays? It's the rush. <laughs> <laughs> like guys, we have a campaign. We have a campaign. We need to <laughs> deadlines. It's, it's, it's so word. annoying. I, I don't know. Yeah, wow. Um, I think we can wrap things up. But before we wrap things up, like I wanted to get into like tips, you know, tips that um young any people who are young in the game, uh, coming in with their products, just in terms of like, you know, getting their foot in when it comes to building a digital digital presence. What should people be focusing on when it comes to um digital marketing for their brand in 2021 like what are the three things two things one main thing that a person who's starting out with the, with trying to build a digital presence what can they start with focusing on as a newcomer my advice to you is jump on whatever is trending now jump on don't try and catch up to okay we don't do this this and that because that company don't just jump on like if reels reels is currently the end thing jump onto that the the reach instagram gives you is is amazing you know um and then obviously besides that take time in 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 defining your brand and why you stand out you know it goes a long way it really goes a long way a customer can see when you put in effort in your logo in your page in your products in your services it really, really goes a long way. Where can people find you um, on social media? Where can they find your businesses? Your business? Where can they learn more about what you do? I'm everywhere, but my main platforms are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. 
um they both all three of them use use the name house of intelligence it's um Insta- instagram uses house of house underscore of underscore intelligence underscore and my website is there my contact details is there everything you know whether you want to send a dm an email I am honestly user friendly. I'm not gonna tell you please strictly by email. I I, I honestly put the customers first, and yeah. I find email tedious sometimes. <laughs> but yes, um, reach out to me anytime during working hours, weekdays, and I'll respond to you. Thank you, thank you so much, Shady, yeah. for joining us. Thank um, you so much, Shady. I really loved this conversation. Just outside of even recording, like I really, really personally learned a lot from this conversation and I really appreciate you coming. I appreciate getting a chance to uh, meet in quotes you. So yeah, I really, really appreciate that chance and thank you so much. Thank you guys. It was really fun. It's like my first podcast. So I just, I just need you to like tell people when you're coming back. Coming back to where? Oh, so you have totally forgotten about us. <laughs> Come back to where? Okay, so basically I'm a little bit swamped right now um, with exams and juggling that with what I do on the 9 to 5. And it is not an easy thing. I really appreciate you, Yenzi, for holding the fort and making sure that we don't fall under while I am falling under. Um, oh, wow. But yeah. Um, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> what is with the rhymes oh no <laughs> but um i finished my exams on the 13th of november if i'm not mistaken so but i think um right at the beginning of november i'm gonna be free to basically just fully be present fully come back on the podcast and just get things back to normal again because we didn't release last week right yeah, we didn't. Um, yeah, but I think mm-hmm. bec- um, right now I'm struggling with basically juggling exams and everything. So um, I probably will have weeks where I am not as present as I should be. But um, from yeah. November, you can expect that we will be fully back, fully consistent. And yeah. We're celebrating this year's hashtag day of the girl by giving away laptops, tablets, vouchers every day leading up to the 11th of october to be part of this amazing giveaway please make sure you're following us on all our social media platforms twitter instagram we are girl code underscore za and facebook linkedin and tiktok we are girl code at girl code za engage share with all your friends and let let's make this day amazing for everyone who'd be interested in technology and what we do here at girl code so yeah, yeah, that's that's basically what the message says. I want the laptop. So I'm just letting <laughs> everyone know, like, should someone win the laptop, I'm gonna hunt you down. I'm joking. <laughs> Has this ever been done before, like in previous years? I I really don't know if it's been this specific thing, but I wouldn't know because Girl Code runs a whole lot of competitions um yearly. Yeah, yeah for different uh campaigns different reasons where they give away stuff so i don't know if they've done this specific um day of the girl child is it giveaway i don't know if they've done it but they've done a whole lot more so i'm um, i'm really looking forward to 
winning the laptop guys don't enter yeah so yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah guys like follow girl code underscore z a or girl code z a on all the platforms just check out girl code follow girl code engage with girl code definitely definitely support girl code i think that's one announcement the other one that i had was oh so if like you want to collaborate let's do that like let's do that we're trying to do way more collaborations in the upcoming season so right now episode 20 we're going to end it off but like in the other seasons we are trying to really collaborate and just make more content that isn't exclusively um podcast but continue to to just expand the content and continue to just expand the community of tech and stack podcast so you're going to be seeing more collaborations here and if you specifically want to collaborate i don't think dms are a foreign thing anymore i think I think by now we've established a relationship and we're chilled with each other, right? Yes, please. So um, do DM us at Tech and Stack Pod. Yeah, do DM us. We, we are so open to having collaborations with people from all communities, all walks of life. And um, yeah, we're definitely going to having like um, fun, informative content, um, tech content. So yeah, if you want to come through, hop on. I think I've, I've talked to a few people before who are like, no man, I don't feel like I know enough to actually be on a podcast. So I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. And I'm just like, there is a conversation that you can add value to. So please do come at us with that. Um, we are willing to actually collaborate with you. We want to collaborate with you. We are hoping that you come to the with us. So yeah. So yeah guys, it's been really, really, really great. Thank you for tuning in. Good night.